episode of the Open Score Conversations podcast. I hope you're having a bright and sunny day where you are. Today we have the innovative teacher, pianist, and author Emma Lumen. Her musical journey is one of inspiration, determination, and resilience as she overcomes huge obstacles such as playing-related injuries, including healing herself from focal dystonia. Read more about her honest story on her website. I'll leave a link in the description below. You might also know Emma from her YouTube channel, The Art of Piano Technique, where she so generously provides in-depth piano tutorials and lessons to help you develop and connect your inner musical ideas and the physical approach of piano playing to help you avoid piano-related injuries. Aside from creating her piano well system, her 25 years of research has led her to create the mastery of piano technique. It is a course with four books and 18 hours of videos to guide you systematically on developing integral skills such as internal singing, efficient playing, and building self-confidence on stage. Today, Emma and I discuss how we think about anxiety to make it work for us, how to develop self-confidence to stand your ground on stage, and how important it is to face yourself honestly and figure out what you want from life. We begin our discussion about how we approach our performance anxiety with Emma recounting a recent performance experience. I hope you enjoy. And then it was yesterday and then the evening I had to perform the whole concert and it, it went okay because actually, actually it was, I was thinking like, okay, it's a note for myself because usually during the concert, I'm not that nervous when I'm actually playing, but I'm very nervous during the whole day. You know, it's like a diarrhea nonstop and all that stuff cleaning. Yeah, yeah, it's like me in the toilet forever, you know, like staying the whole day. And because otherwise, like on another day, I would be just worried so much the whole day. And I know there is nothing to worry about. Like the people I'm playing to, they have nothing. They have no knowledge about classical music. You know, it's not it's not like I'm not even taking exam or playing at conservatory but still, you know, that sensation. I guess every performance just triggers the previous one. Those, yes. those failures and panic attacks that you had as a child or like in adolescence. Yeah, so I'm very aware of that. But yeah, like I just let it be, you know, what mm-hmm. can I do? But it's also kind of good preparation. Someone told me that it's like your body and mind and spirit your whole energy is just sharpening up and your nervous system is sharpening up so you can actually express more Mm -hmm. when you perform so it's actually a very natural and necessary state of mind very exhausting makes you question 100 (laughs) times why do i play piano you know but then it's like okay it's gonna be over soon so it's good do you have do you get also nervous I also do get nervous. Um, I have my own like pre-performance routine, although it's not totally down pat. Um, mm-hmm. But I have this weird thing where perhaps it's because I've done it so many times. I've learned learned to get nervous as a preparation for no reason. Because I know that the moment I sit down in front of the piano and I'm about to play, it's on. Like my nerves gone and I'm like in, I'm like plugged in. But for whatever reason, I go through this ritual of getting nervous because now it's part of the ritual to be nervous to have that performance routine and so on and so forth yeah so, exactly um, i know i do tell myself the same thing as you in the sense of like just let it be my body's just preparing me for whatever and if you're feeling anxious it's really just anticipation of your failure 
which is a really unhelpful mindset to be in if you're going to perform. If I can stop you, I don't think that it's the anticipation of failure. Because what I've noticed is that the same feeling I would experience before doing anything new, I think it's a brain trying to figure out what's coming. Is it like a flight or fight or froze mode? Because it could be the same. I could feel the same way if I'm going for a trip, if I need to go to the airport, if I'm picking up a friend, if I'm just meeting someone for the first time. It's a fear of unknown. That's the thing. Because again, like if, for example, you're going to come back to the same place, let's say you're playing, you're performing in a new hall. You've never been there before. You perform the first time. You don't feel very well, but you've done it. Then you're going, let's say, I don't know, for some reason, you're going to perform to the same place again. You will feel much less nervous because you know the place. Your brain feels safe. It knows that this is how the room looks like. You know, there's no threat. There's not going to be threat anymore. So I think it's a fear of unknown rather than a fear of failure. Feel it, fear of failure, okay, if, if you go to like a panic path, could be there. <laughs> but for me, it's also what really helped me is that one of my friends, he's a good director. He, he passed away, unfortunately, a few, um, a few months ago. He told me, he told me, my movie is only ready when the audience is watching it. So by watching it, you're actually finishing my movie and you're co-creating my movie. And I said, like, exactly, it's the same for me. Like when I perform, for me, so basically my almost like a mantra, I go to, I, I get up on stage, I sit in front of the piano and I say, okay, just whatever comes through and I just let it be. And, you know, whatever spirit or energy just, I'm here, take me as a tool, as a vehicle, and I'm just going to reflect what the audience is projecting. And I always tell the audience at the beginning, thank you, I'm so grateful here because we're going to co-create together. You're going to participate in the creation of this amazing experience. And you know you know yourself, like there are so many different atmospheres in the hall, right? In the audience that could be supportive, that could be amazingly you could feel so comfortable and so encouraged and supported or you could be completely torn apart and you feel so negative and you feel like someone's constantly inter interrupting and interfering into your energy and you feel like frozen and blah 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 and you have to fight that energy so that's why like yeah I can be nervous I can be nervous before the performance but as soon as I'm on stage I was like I'm not responsible for what is going to happen here, but I would like to use this opportunity because it's the only opportunity. It never happens when they practice at home. You know, it can only happen when there is audience. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And please, I just want to witness what's going to come through. And even in this case, even if you forget, you always like actually the higher the higher you go, the, 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 more, the more you take yourself out of the equation of performing, the more you disappear, there are more chances that you will make mistakes. And actually like the best performance, if I make mistake, that means 
I don't even I didn't even care about this and it just happened and of course I will learn about this and I will never do the same mistake again the next time but you know like even if you make mistake but you felt that something great was created something really amazing happened a magic has happened you will never feel um you will never feel a failure after your performance even if you forgot it and you know as you know like horror is like like smash the piano you know but the energy was there and actually that mistake felt like a part of the whole performance so the only mistake i fear is if i'm not able to open up fully while performance if um but this usually happened on the first times like for example i had a long break after um, from performances due to covid and the first time i started be on stage again wow <laughs> i felt like you know that snail goes back to to, to the house yeah it retreats in it, yeah 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 it felt um not very comforting but then but then you kind of like okay i've done that it's like in russia we say you know how to translate you probably have the same in english the first pan is always a, the first pancake is always a mess yes you know? we have that if if you start making something for the first time or after a long break it's just gonna be a mess but it's just you have to go through you have to do this out of the way done great but then when you come back and you like perform regularly there is more and more space for you to you feel more and more safe and this is where again like a snail out of the shell you kind of like you feel safe no one is going to touch you you know the place you know the piano and yeah you it's much easier to open up i suppose yeah you have said a lot of things and a lot of things i want to touch up upon on so i kind of want to circle back a little bit on um the the fear of the unknown and that anxiety feeling um, and you had earlier said about, you know, that feeling of knowing whether you're going to be on stage and you feel unsafe or threatened or whether you're going on a trip and you feel the unknown of like what's going to happen on this trip. Um, I know that some people think that anxiety and excitement are very closely related body feelings and that often people mistake one for the other. So sometimes I think there, there can be a positive response to the fear of the unknown, meaning like I'm excited for what's to come. And so then you're that feeling of anxiety gets turned into a positive excitement experience or you have that negative response where I'm, a I'm a scared of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to make that mistake? Am I going to fail somewhere? I'm going to have a memory slip or whatever. And that downward spiral ends up taking you down into that more anxious end. Do you, would you, how would you feel about this? Have you ever been excited for a performance or is it that mindset of, Hey, I'm co-creating with the audience and it's at this point, I just have to surrender and be that vehicle. And does that, is that what brings out that sense of excitement and safety for you? What, what I just mentioned, it only can happen when you know that you have mastered your piano playing in front of the audience. And what I'm talking about does not include, you know, feeling comfortable technically while playing, playing fast enough, playing expressive enough, all this can go to the bin, all that work. If, in my experience, you don't, uh, you didn't develop this very important quality of your energy when you play on stage. 
and um, I, in my system, I, I, I name it as a self-confident energy. But basically, it's a certain energy that you learn to project. It's more like a fast and outwards energy. And um, you, you need to train, even when you practice at home, you need to train to play with that energy and speak with your voice or sing internally with your voice with that energy. And you need to hold your ground with that energy. And that energy, um, it serves as a shield to protect from those arrows of thoughts of, of audience. And at the same time, it lets you speak up. So answering your question, this is like a little prelude, about okay. answering your question, I had this um, time when I didn't develop that energy. And I was told, as probably everyone can relate to that, I was told, you need to just, you know, like we told practice, practice more. It was the same. You need to just perform and perform more. And I was like, for me, it doesn't make sense because the more I perform, the more I feel failure, the more it creates it, more panic <laughs> and, and more, you know, this very solid feeling of, yeah, I'm going to fail again. It's like, it's down the spiral rather than up. So something is not right there. And I performed a lot, um, like any, any of, you know, professional trained pianists and six till, you know, I think 24, I was performing without this uh, shield energy. And um, it was just absolutely horrifying. But when I started developing this and I started also training it because it's a little bit like a, you're growing the skin, you know, people say, oh, he has a thick skin. It doesn't really feel others, you know. In kind of, in this way, it's good sometimes not to let others touch you when you play. And um, so you also need to train it gradually, gradually, gradually through certain exercises, gradually like updating the, the levels and make it more and more challenging, never skip, never jump through the, you know, grades. And I remember my first performance where I managed to hold my ground. I didn't, I felt that negative energy especially if you perform in Russian, there are lots of negative energy. <laughs> it's completely different. It's like, it's like the best, Russia or China is probably the best place to train yourself, like Spartanian kind of training. Because then when you go to, to America or like to Europe, you're like, really? It's all just candy and flowers, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I can't even believe that the audience is so nice and friendly and welcoming, and they don't try to kill you with their energy when you're playing. It's so nice. But like when I the first time managed to hold my ground with the self-confident energy in front of Russian audience, I remember coming back in the train and I just I was smiling because I knew that was the beginning of the path. Of course, it would take me more time in the future to um, consolidate that feeling and get stronger and stronger. Um, but that was amazing. And this is where I was actually what you said. I started saying the saying that, yes, you can have this um, 
worry and anxiety, but it can go two ways. One is panic and another one is actually excitement. But excitement can only come from the memory of what a wonderful time you had once you played on stage. If you never had it, it will never transfer to, 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 to you know, excitement and joy. So you have to have it in the first place. Um, so, and of course now, like, so the first thing was developing this self-confident energy and integrating and interplaying because another thing, what I could never understood, I learned and I read so many books. I, I've listened to so many performers talking about this, how they deal with anxiety. Uh, some using some substances like alcohol or, or pills. So I'm doing like lay down on the floor, doing breathing meditation, breathing exercises. Some, some people just keep repeating affirmations. And I always felt, okay, well, maybe that will work for a moment. But as soon as you step on the stage, as soon as you take a bow and then you sit in front of the audience, and there is a moment, this moment when you just bring your hand to the keyboard, it just could be a split of a second, but you actually know if the performance is going to go well or not, just in that moment. It's like, yeah, you can really, yeah, so how do you know? It's because you feel the energy of the audience. So for me, it was no matter how much you, you're preparing yourself to, to perform in a very open and relaxed way, you cannot ignore the energy of audience that you will perceive on stage. It's not just you in front of the camera, let's say, when you record YouTube videos, you know? And so for me, it was, you need to learn how to integrate that energy into your playing. And because most part of my, the big part of my system of teaching is because when we play, we internally sing all the time we create music between the notes i managed to achieve this because i integrated the self-confident energy into the vibrations of my internal singing so every time i play i sing and i sustain that energy on stage so that was a the biggest breakthrough which made me start slightly believe that maybe I can actually play on stage and maybe I can enjoy it. It was just like a little drop of light in this ocean of darkness, you know, that I've collected before within 15 years, you know. It was such a big relief. It must have been a really big, powerful revelation and freeing almost. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Out of all the, the struggles you were going through in your childhood as you were like, you know, in a very, very difficult, strict regime to suddenly feel like all this work and I finally found like a droplet of gold. Thank God. <laughs> it was just like a light. Yeah, it was like exit. Can you go back a little bit and explain a bit of or go through the feelings of what it was like when you found that audience in Russia and you're like, I'm going to stand my ground. What does it feel like to stand your ground in that time? Or if um, anyone, any young performers wondering, like, how do I develop this self-confident energy, stand my ground and, okay. and live with that? 
Okay. Oh. oh, we're getting ready. Story time. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it feels like. That's how they stand their ground. <laughs> it's actually very similar because the energies that I, I wanted to, um, to, to show is... Um, so the energy that... Um, Molly, Molly, no. <laughs> and now you're much. standing your ground. <laughs> Molly, no, okay. Molly, no. Just lay down. Okay. So, <laughs> so the self-confident energy is actually very simple. And I wish um, we were actually taught that in school because it is such a simple concept. So I always start, I always start with um, asking my students to just say a simple phrase, listen to me, all right? But the energy that you need to say that phrase is, is more, um, it has to have this fiery energy in it. It's a little bit like when you are full of anger, when you're angry. And so if you try to deconstruct the feeling of anger first of all you will notice it's fast and that's quite opposite from what we feel when we go on stage and our mind just gets so frozen our hands get frozen and actually cold most of the time and you can feel this restriction and you even wrist or hand motion when you try to play so it's fast second what is anger is always outwards you say no. Ah, it's it's not it's not inwards energy, it's outwards. So it's fast and outwards energy. And the third character of anger is that it goes long way. I mean, unless you want to be really impressive, like in movies, and you whisper with anger, no, you know, <laughs> you usually shout. So you know, yeah. even the neighbor in another house can hear you, okay. So this quality is fast outwards and kind of um, far forward and direct and direct as, as yeah. well. Um, these are the attributes of this self-confident energy. So when you first learn to say the, the, the phrase, listen to me, listen to me. And you can say it slowly. You can pronounce it like slowly, but with fast outwards energy that would, as I was told again, play. So even, you know, a deaf person in the last row of a big hall could hear you. So, you know, there's some references to that being said before. <laughs> so you would be surprised. I mean, maybe not, but if anyone <laughs> can go Imagine you are walking up on stage and you stay on stage in front of people. Molly! And you are asked to say, listen to me. Can you predict how your voice would sound when you're nervous? You would probably say, listen to me. <laughs> and that's how you're going to play. So no wonder you're going to be attacked. Just generally because your energy is weaker than the energy of your audience so it's a big challenge to even learn to say listen to me 
in front of you know, say 100 people that's you know can you do that you know it might even be difficult for some to say that in their own room exactly Alone. yes yes when i start with my students i just okay say that and they'll be like <laughs> wait <laughs> you know going like like asking a child to sing is the same like huh so they will be like listen to me so like yeah, great start <laughs> like no one's gonna listen to you let's try that again <laughs> like excuse me I'm, I'm really would like you to listen to me <laughs> you know and also you know unfortunately most of the students um unless you are genius and you are have no problems with self-expression you know and you are coming from a very good artistic family who encourages this in you most of students they're quite introverted so for them it's just a very hard exercise to make and so when you get this listen to me energy then you learn how to integrate into singing um you know out loud and you know part of my system is about that when you sing to feel that you express yourself in between the notes you actually need to sing with glissando and with resistance so it's not like oh, it's more oh. and when you learn to sing let's say with that energy mm-hmm, you notice how naturally it actually intensifies and amplifies your own voice i'm not trying to sing louder but it's just an every it's mostly like you know when actors go on stage and they put this ridiculous makeup you know and you know up close that looks absolutely insane but for the audience it just looks all right so in a way we have to play everything with this magnifying glass and so this energy is not only protecting you from the from the negative energy of audience uh it also lets you speak up but it also uh intensifies everything that you do in front of the piano in front of your instrument and so when you can sing that out loud then you try to sing that internally and then when you play and you only reach the second note with your internal singing, it goes to your muscles. And so if every time you play any interval, you play it with that energy, you sustain that energy. And that's how you, you know, (laughs) hold your ground. So, you know, that's like, it's it's a very good question that you ask me, like, how do you hold your ground? And I hate when teachers reply to you in a very vague and abstract manner you know I was like okay I'm not I'm not a genius person you know I'm not gifted just I need a little you know more. It's, yeah it's like it's like for me it sounds like a rocket science you know can you just break me into simple steps what is it exactly how this energy exactly feels like how can I embody it and how can I integrate it in the piano playing? And that's actually the main thing why I've created this whole system, why I made this book. Yeah. Which everyone <laughs> should check out, definitely. Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah. It holds your hand through everything, everything that she's talked about right now. Like, do go <laughs> check it out. I'll put all the links and stuff in the description. Thank you. 
You're very welcome. <laughs> and you didn't pay me to say that. I do genuinely <laughs> think it is good. <laughs> I do genuinely, like, I watched all your videos when I was also in studying. And I was like, this is what we need more of. The, like, the... The in-between unspoken stuff that teachers exactly. don't talk about to be that more... are also difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I like totally hijacked what you were going on, but yeah, I, I do, do genuinely believe in your work. So please, people, do go oh, check it out. We'll save you. <laughs> yeah, and I really actually believe in your work, and I think because we connected ten years ago when I started my YouTube channel, and I remember when I checked out your videos, I was like, "This girl is what our you know classical." horrible society needs someone <laughs> someone more open someone is more you know human you know someone is more real someone is also so cute and someone everyone can resonate <laughs> with and you're not afraid of talking about things that everyone would like to hear about you know so no i i really and I remember I was writing you like very encouraging, like you should continue, you should continue. But I at that time, those, yes. yeah, yeah. But at that time, I remember you were like, oh, kind of wearing off my inspiration. So I'm very glad that after you know almost ten years, you came back again. Thank <laughs> well you so done. much for your kind words and encouragement. <laughs> now you all build a great deserve. community together. Yes, yes, guys, please let's bring more light to this dark middle age world. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's, let's circle back to where we were let's not yeah so what i was saying is that on, on an example of this how to stand your ground and you know the way i describe it and teach it and i think that's what's been missing in this whole teaching approach is that teachers say very general words that they probably don't even understand themselves they just repeat those phrases that they heard from their great teachers you know and by repeating them that makes them sound like they're great teachers you know and actually students kind of can feel it but again usually students take blame on themselves if they don't understand something anyway so i'm thinking that's a whole spiral that you may have to save for another conversation yeah yeah exactly and (laughs) i don't even want to talk about what is wrong but i want to talk about Mm -hmm what what is right and what is right is to be very exact and precise in what exactly students need to do to achieve a certain result and if he has a problem with a certain thing if for example he's saying i'm having a problem with octave technique then the response shouldn't be oh go and practice more or uh, maybe worst then, advice ever yeah or like I was told in school or oh really octaves is a, such an easy uh, type of technique what is wrong with your hands or your hands are small or do more stretching exercises or maybe uh, play these certain exercises or or okay if you cannot play then you will never play Rachmaninoff or Liszt try to avoid those we don't need this all we need is just like okay so this is a problem. We're not going to deal with the um, symptoms. We're going to go to the root as a real doctor. You know, I'm not going to give you a, pa- a panadol. We're going to find out what is the root of the problem. And we're working there and we're working with the reason. And that will eliminate the problem. And so next time you will never have that problem, you know, or like the same with the phrasing the most abstract thing, you know, the most confusing thing that actually brings even more tension to the body when someone, you know, tried to make it without clear understanding of 
wow, what and what he needs to do and how is the same thing. It's like, like what, what exactly do we do? And then the worst thing is that you go and you, you go on with the next piece and you still don't know how to make phrasing. And then you come to the, to the teacher and then teacher again will, will try to show you that maybe this part needs to be play more intense and maybe here you need to play a little, with a little bit less energy. And then you're like, okay, but can you please teach me how can I make phrasing on my own so the next time I don't have to come to you again because I don't always have 500 in my pocket to pay for an hour lesson. Also, what does intensity mean? Uh, yeah, you know? exactly. It's like, more exactly. Intense. It's like, do you want me to get closer to the keyboard? Because apparently more exactly. body language means more intense. You know, you know what kind of videos we need to make? You know, there's right now a very popular trend, like I saw on Instagram or YouTube, where... Uh, especially on Instagram. So like um, as pianist would play and he would put um, in text what he's thinking about. I, I think it started with Tiffany Poon. She was very successful about this on YouTube. She was like, so she's playing the piece, practicing the piece and then those texts like, oh, the left hand. Okay, that was quite all right. Oh, this is so messed up. Or oh, uh, now I'm thinking about this or that. So that was quite trendy and it's still very trendy. But what would be even more trendy if someone would take actually a lesson from his professor, recorded it, and then to each phrase and advice from professor, there would be like a bubble coming to what exactly like what do you mean by this? <laughs> yeah. What do That's a good idea. I'm going to go and write that down for my own. Thank you. And you know what? And because now you can split yourself and you can clone yourself and you can play put a wig and you can play that teacher, you know, who tells you relax your thumb or relax your wrist. And you'll be like, by relaxing, what exactly do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> How do like, I feel like, Do you want me to relax here know? or like here? Exactly. Or do you want me to relax yes. here? Or do you want me to relax my mental tension so that yes. everything relaxes? Like, <laughs> yeah. What form of relax do you want? Or, 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 or the arm weight. Just bring the weight of your arm to the keyboard. And that is like the most hilarious That thing. is something I wanted to ask you about because I think you and I went through a very similar journey where like, just put your arm weight. And I'm like, what is arm weight? Like, I know my arm is heavy and like trying to find it for yourself and your own meaning, mm. that was a journey. And especially, you know, journey. that's the whole <laughs> thing with the words. Each word for different people would mean different thing. So when I hear, a heavy arm, all I feel is more tension, you know? And like, I don't want to feel the word heavy to feel relaxed. Actually, for me, association with relaxed would be light, you know? I don't know. Or that buoyancy feeling. It could mean so many different things. For you, it could be buoyancy feeling. For someone, it could be heavy. For someone, it could be light. For someone, it could be floating. I hear so many times this ways. For someone, it would be gentle. For someone, it would be not, it doesn't exist. You know, there's so many different, but again, you need to go different direction. You need to find through the certain exercises how it feels like to be relaxed. And for, for example, the best way for me through my past you know, 20 years of teaching, I found that the best way is to ask my student to speak. And I, I even mentioned that in the book, that when you're actually feeling, I call it free energy in your body, 
when you try to speak, you will speak in an articulate way. So when this throat, your voice is fully relaxed, so now, and this is a sensation of relaxation. So if any of you right now try to say like this, so this is the free energy. This is the, the weight of the body that you actually want to transfer. So just a simple thing, you know, not through the words, but rather through sensation. Um, and yeah, and for me, the arm weight topic was also the same confusing as, you know, playing octaves or playing fast or phrasing or... We're just trying to embrace embrace out. the whole piece you know or tell me the story <laughs> you know <laughs> when you play like don't stumble you know don't stop or or play with a singing tone you know this is such an abstract conception that that are coming actually all these phrases are coming they are century years old you know they're coming from all those you know great teachers and masters who lived in the beginning of 20th century like it's time for something new, you know? <laughs> yeah. As I dive into your material and I've watched your videos and I've noticed that between us, we have a, a similar journey in how we got to where we are in terms of the troubles we went through, like what is arm weight and then having to really find it for ourselves. And I noticed that um, the way we break things down into a very methodical step-by-step -step scaffolded way is also very similar. Do you think, a, a little question here, do you think that's partly because of the way your brain worked or because you had to go and do this self-study and really internally find that insight for yourself and that's how you found that more methodical piece-by-piece -piece way? What was your experience? Mm, I think there are three aspects here. The first one is I, <clears throat> first of all, is my in, enormous desire to find a way to play piano well. Uh, as I described in my book as well, because I just felt this amazing, beautiful realm around me that I just wanted to transmit through myself uh, to let that amazing world touch uh, parts of the audience and the people and, and myself also. That's all I wanted. I didn't care about any prizes, anything else. So, so this huge motivation is the main thing. The second thing, I was having a, many, 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 many teachers and I was really collecting lots of different kind of pieces of the cake, never the whole cake though. And another, the main thing is that naturally I have very analytical mind, which really hard for me to stop. <laughs> I like to- I feel you on that. I like to analyze everything and um, it's really great. But again, just with having this great desire having lots of pieces of information and try to put pieces in this whole puzzle that wouldn't be enough because it was missing something more and it comes to the last very important aspect which is all that information was coming through me while i was playing as formulas sometimes when i was sleeping most of the time when i was playing and it started at about 13 14 years old 
And I just, and I remember to the point, first I was trying to ignore that. It's like distracting me. All those formulas that everything, how it's everything interconnected, how, you know, sound imagination is actually affected the touch and finger and how intonation and eternal singing affects the muscles and connected to muscles. Uh, and I was like, but then it was just like knocking me like this to the point I could not continue playing. So I had to stop and I had to start having these, you know, notebooks. We were always like pile them on the left side of my piano, I remember. And after like basically every 10 minutes, I would have to stand up and write everything. Sometimes it was just drawing. I remember at the beginning, very precise drawing, how everything is connected. And all of this started eventually getting into, into a system. So, and this is how all after 25 years, all those small pieces that I heard that were coming from the outside, my input was with my intuition, let's call it intuition, finally planned and put into places in the right places and all this amazing puzzle emerged from all those small pieces. So yeah, it's the knowledge, but we have to always go with intuition because that's the main source that binds and connects everything together, makes sense of every small information that you have. But for me, it works like this. I have to understand exactly how I've done it. I don't want to second guess myself. Oh my God, I just play so well. Did it happen by accident? I don't want that. I want to know that I know exactly what I did and this is exactly how I will control my outcome next time. And that's also very comforting. And also it affects your, your practice time in a, such an amazing way that, you know, I sometimes I only spend two, three hours to fully finish the piece where versus in the past, I would practice the piece the whole year and still I wouldn't be able to make it. So it's a, such a huge saving of time, productivity and efficiency in all of this. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Um, just like you, I had a, a really big phase in my journey where like every few minutes I had that stack of books and I was like, oh, I just made another connection from one place to another and then I have to write mm, it down and figure mm, it really? out. Really? Oh. Yeah. yeah I, I have, <laughs> yes, high five. <laughs> I mean, right now, like I have that notebook too. <laughs> but I'm wondering, this is just like also just a personal question for myself because I've done a lot of analytics like you and really seeing how things connect in the body, whether it's the way you're thinking about it, the way your hand moves, because it all is connected in some way. And do you ever look at a student and you just watch what they play and you can see where their blockages and empty holes are and you just go in and you fill it in? Exactly. You have the same way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. It's almost yeah, like x-ray. You feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you ever watch um, some of the great performers like Horowitz or Rubenstein and you're just analyzing it and you're just like, oh, Absolutely. they're getting it from their back. Or Absolutely. Yes. 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 In fact, yes. I'll tell you, in fact, I tell you where like one, since we talk about the arm weight, um, so I'm talking about that we, we, we transfer this energy from our feet, actually. Yes, yes, someone else who talks about this. Yes, yes, yes. But you know how I found this? I was attending, you know, this uh, famous international Tchaikovsky competition annual for every four years. 
it was in my conservatory. So I was, I think, 17 or 18, but everyone, every student would have to go there, you know, and just see somewhere upstairs and just watching the participants. And I was watching this Asian guy playing and I literally saw him because I learned so much from watching those good performances. And I just saw that he was gathering this free energy in his body from his feet like that, you know, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because no one actually, no one told me this is something I discovered. So yeah, I'm so glad that you can, um, in a way, uh, channel this information through other people as well. And it's it's so hard to describe because I, I can describe it to my students and I can set them up and organize everything in the right place. And then I tell them and then they, they get to experience it. But then sometimes they're like, how did I do that? I felt the feeling. I felt everything aligned. How do I do that? And then you have to go through like, okay, now we have to take it over a few series of lessons as to how to align that for you and find out your own language version of getting you into that space if you need to get energy from the ground up or whatever. What happens when you're teaching and you notice that the block is a psychological block? And it's like, you don't want to encroach upon the territory of becoming their therapist because no way are we trained therapists in any way. But you just know, like, if we can just unlock that block, you're going to be fine in whatever concept we're talking about. Do you ever encroach that territory or do you just kind of leave it? We cannot leave it. I wish we could. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes actually my lessons are just a pure talk as a therapist. Because I even make a video in the past that most of our blockages actually comes from blockages in our life, you know. And I have to talk with students. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? You know, and it'll be like, well... I don't think I asked myself this question before. And I was like, okay, let's talk about it, you know? Yeah. Because this is when the whole motivation comes from, like, why do you do that? You know, what do you want to do with this? What do you want to... Um, what, what makes you feel joyful in life? You know, all of this. But, like, if we talk more particular, like, obviously, when the person for example, is struggling with, let's say, understanding how to sing with glissando and resistance, we're simply making more exercises together. That's actually another reason why in this, this book has 18 hours of videos is because there are many videos which is just pure exercise. I sing and the person repeat in the break. So it's a very important, it's in a way, because I only have, my students have lessons once a week, but it, let's say if we're practicing intonation, and we achieved the result of the lesson, but as soon as they go home the next day and they practice, they might lose it. And so that's why I found it very, very important to always create those videos where they practice together with me. They imitate my singing. It's constantly, they constantly hearing how it sounds. So that helps a lot. So that helps a lot with blockages because you know, one hour a week, you, cannot, you can only make that much. So I always leave an example. And I started, I realized that it's so important to have this video to practice with me during the week. I uh, realized only about maybe five years ago. And this is this whole idea of creating this whole new course, um, you know, emerged itself. Um, if uh, sometimes students have problems with understanding our weight of free energy a lot, especially if, uh, it's a professional student who has who's been struggling with, let's say, I have students with focal dystonia because 
you know my story i i healed myself from focal dystonia so a uh, lot of them i mean all of them have problems with understanding free energy in body you know they can't even take in they cannot talk in in articulated way i ask them oh, yeah, and they can't they just like just talk to you like this it's like okay go get this <laughs> bottle of wine and come back to me again okay so it's like <laughs> i have to use anything for them to let go of that control and fear because it's so they so embodied it you know during this this time of struggling in all those horrible <clears throat> education prisons you know <laughs> yeah. um so yeah we would do lots of uh free energy exercise and i would ask them to talk like this and you know sometimes you know laughing makes them relax as well but yeah so they had to, they would have to work a lot on relaxing really um many of the students have problem with getting self-confident energy you know some of them cannot see themselves what they're gonna do in life with piano playing hence why do i need to practice so they lose motivation to practice so all of this we have to go through yeah you do the same oh yeah yeah i definitely do the same most of the time a lot of students that come to me before we can even touch the piano i see them walk in the door they might be really upset over a math test before we can do anything you have to clear that space so that that free energy can do what it needs to do. It's about making the pathway so that they can experience it for themselves and you know make their own meaning from it. And what I'm finding is kind of like a core that connects what we've been talking about in terms of the lessons and also the uh, performances is that idea that there is energy carried in everything you do, whether it's in the way that you speak, in the way that you play, the way that you move. And so it's so important, and as you said, like those one-hour lessons a week is not enough. If you have never experienced arm weight or whatever, or the internal resistance between the notes, if you have never experienced that, you need to experience that in the presence and the energy of someone else who has, because it's kind of like osmosis that it transfers from one to another. Yeah, and then that's why I'm so thankful that you have those videos because although it's not 100% it's being in the space of that person, it's getting close, it's something there. And then that's where it transfers into the audience when you're playing and you're feeling their energy, they're feeling yours, and that co-creation, whether it's during lessons or in a performance. I'm wondering, in the sense of, you know, we were talking about saying, listen to me and having to either fend off or protect or any of that stuff if someone has never experienced that type of energy and wants to but they're a little bit shy about it because it's it's one thing to say you know listen to me in a practice room it's another thing to say it in turn in front of one person or in front of every others or mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. what gave you the drive to stand up in front of that russian audience after having so much of the negative baggage to say listen to me Mm. what's mm. your story behind that mm. it actually comes to that same question what do i want <laughs> okay <laughs> i had to ask that myself as well at some point and for me i realized um i tried to when i tried to find the answer to that i was trying to put my answer into those social boxes teach perform blah 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 and i was like no that's the wrong way that's the wrong way 
what do I want? What, what energy do I want to have in my life? And all I felt is just this kind of, um, I felt what makes me feel joyful if I express, or better say, if I share the light and laughter that I feel inside me, and like literally I could like feel it coming from my, from my hands. And if I kind of mentioned that it's connected like branches of the trees to the hand of another person and another like thousands of people. And in that moment, I felt that would actually enhance the joy that I would feel. So the, the process of sharing and sharing something beautiful and connecting with other people who wants the same thing that you want is what I wanted. Okay. So that explains why I would want to play in front of people and not, you know, by myself in front of the digital piano. And um, interestingly enough, when I realized that, you know, people talk about like law of attraction, all this stuff, but I do believe that we only get in life what we want. And so before realizing that, I was struggling with lots of blockages, you know, to be invited, to be wanted. And after that experience, recognizing this and making up my mind about that, like literally 10 days later, I get this amazing invitation for performing every week on the beautiful Steinway D and playing the music that I always wanted to play, which is Rachmaninoff in the most beautiful atmosphere as I wanted, you know, with beautiful candles with people, with limited amount of people, you know, about 20 people uh, in the audience. And I play every week and it's exactly what I wanted, <laughs> you know, and it just came to me easily, you know. Um, so that's another reason why you want to figure out what you want just to start attracting <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> on the practical side. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely, I think for all artists, it's a difficult thing because we get bombarded with just teachers and experiences to really, I, I, I hate to say this, but like, listen to your voice, figure out what it is that you want. And then that is probably one of the biggest personal journeys anyone can ever go on and the most valuable and the one with the greatest return. All the effort you put in there is the greatest return. And affects you if you're gonna save so much time because you you can yeah. burn so many you can knock so many doors, but without that inner work prior, they will be still closed and you can spend year years or decades, which actually could be even dangerous because it might completely disappoint you to the point that you will give up, and then you will you will not. You, what do I want? I know that I don't want that you know and it will completely take you in a different direction where you know you just need to confront yourself do it with music and nature you know whatever makes you feel relaxed and really tune into yourself and ask yourself this the most horrifying question that probably your first answer would be i don't know <laughs> and then it's a good way to start you know yeah <laughs> i think i don't know is one of the best questions you can ever say because behind the I don't know you do actually know and you're it's facing the honesty being honest with yourself being it's the facing the honesty that you actually don't know because all the time you thought you knew that's the thing yeah you know it's like I was thinking about it you know like all those relationships like 
of course I want love, I want kindness, I want this. Do you really want? And maybe part of you still want some drama and tragedy, you know? Like, are you still <laughs> yeah. kind of hook up on that? Is it what you think it's chemistry? Oh, he's so bad, but we have this chemistry, you know? So it's like, no, you don't want that peace. No, you don't want that love. No, you still consider it's being boring, you know, something like that, you know? It's like, okay, you're not ready. So you get, honestly, you get what you want. And I think in this case, life is absolutely a miracle because we, we, when you realize that you always get what you want, it's like, wow. <laughs> life is just a constant manifestation of what you want whether you want abuse or whether you want love you get it almost instantaneously yeah and so then you have to start being very mindful and responsible about the energy you give out into the universe honestly with yourself you need to be honest with yourself honest with yourself honest with yourself honest with yourself you know it's kind of terrifying it's painful it's it's strange (laughs) because it's like the most the honesty with yourself and facing it is the most scariest thing ever, but it is the best type of fear. Yeah, when you when you when you get yourself building that muscle enough and you get comfortable with with your own dishonesty and honesty and you get past that, it's like, wow, I actually love this fear that I'm not being honest with myself because on the other end of that, I'm gonna seek the truth. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I think this funnels into basically our regime of how we teach and perform. We're always seeking that singular truth. You just wind, wind down mm-hmm. until you find That's it. That's true. And then your your microcosm becomes your macrocosm. Yeah. And all the possibilities will lead down to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Oh, I feel like you're my younger sister. Aww. Yeah, you kind of feel like my older sister too. <laughs> Maybe we were sisters in a sister past Sister from life. another mister. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much time for your time, Emma. It was lovely chatting with you. There are so many more questions I would love to ask, but maybe we can save it for another day. Yeah. Another sunny we should day. come back. We should come back to that yes, again. Yes, we can, definitely. Thank you again. I'm sure there's lots of words of wisdom that people can glean from this. And at the end of the day, guys, be honest with yourself. That's what it is. Know what you want. Only if you want to be honest with yourself. <laughs> Sooner or later, life's going to force you Sooner to be or later, life will so, force you, yeah. yeah might you as well will be like, yeah, okay, I've done so much pain. Okay, I think I'm ready to confront myself. Yeah, enough. <laughs> yeah, enough with the suffering. Let's just enough. get to the honesty. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank right. you very much for this amazing talk. It was so, so nice to be with you again. And big virtual hug to you. <laughs> it's so big, it's so big. Ah. <laughs>